You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the word to life. We've got a biblical worldview question of the week, and we need to learn something. So what do we have on tap today, Kelly? It is what, Nancy, what is the importance of having a clear conscience, especially you know, I think maybe if you've done something, who else is going to know? You know, God knows. What's the importance of this? Yeah, you know, isn't it interesting? This came up, this idea of a clear conscience came up uh, uh, from Ed Engel, who's the CEO of uh, the Christian Central Christian Academy in Indianapolis. And he was telling me uh, just the other day that he invited some graduating seniors and a few administrators and teachers who knew these specific students, these these seniors who were graduating, he knew that they knew him well. And, it, and yes, they're having graduation ceremonies, but uh, Ed Engel decided that he just wanted to give them a personal send-off, you know, uh, outside of speeches and, and the diplomas, just just to talk to them and make sure that they had a vision for what they were going to do after after high school. And so he asked uh, the adults there that uh, what advice they would give him. And one of his teams said this, my advice would be to live out your life with a clear conscience. And honestly, I know <clears throat> Erwin Lutzer has written on this, but to have this as a conversation with seniors in high school, I thought, wow, that is an uh, uh, interesting, fascinating concept, that this would be his one bit of advice. But they unpacked that for the rest of their time together, what it really meant to live with a clear conscience. And honestly, for many, uh, in the time that followed the gospel of Jesus Christ became personal to them, but also alluring. This whole idea that God calls us to something beautiful, something hopeful, something joyous, rather than just, you know, repeat after me and do this and that. It became very personal for these young men and women, and uh, so so much so that I just wanted to, to talk about that this morning. Well, you know, conscience is an important part of who we are. So how does our conscience help us to relate to God? Yes, and it's that link. It's, it's that link that we have to God, because from a biblical worldview perspective, the conscience is the part of a human soul that is most like God. You know, because God made us in his image, God, in that process, then gave us a conscience, uh, which is an inner moral compass. And you all know what that feels like, that little tug on us that gives us an understanding of what right is and what wrong is. And God also gave us this thing called choice to exercise our obedience or disobedience to God. And when we act out against God, we sin <clears throat> and are, <clears throat> excuse me, without excuse. And we see this all through the scriptures that that little tug in us, oops, I shouldn't have said that, or oh my goodness, you know, in a positive sense, this is just too glorious. The sunrise 
I, there are no words for this. So this whole idea of giving an eye to God in our lives on a daily basis, understanding we have a choice that goes along with that. Genesis 3.22, then the Lord said, behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. And in 1 Kings 2.44, you know in your heart all the wrong you did. And it's kind of like you were mentioned a, a few minutes ago, Kelly, that, you know, our guilty conscience, you know, it's, it, it just is there. It is there in it, and it's gnawing at us because we know in our heart that we have done wrong and we need to fix it. And it does gnaw at you. Oh, my goodness. I was um, talking to someone last week because we had discussed this on the air with Jim Striedelmeyer. And I just, you know, when you're feeling that that really extreme unrest within yourself and you, especially as a Christian, and I I know this person personally, and I just said, you know what, Um, do you think maybe you've grieved the Holy Spirit? How's your conscience? Because it will work on you. Yes, you know, it, it does work on you, and it can work in a negative way mm-hmm. or a positive way. And I think the conscience uh, uh, reminds us that small, quiet voice of, of which path to take mm-hmm. and that life doesn't work without God, uh, you know. But our conscience, and this is what's so interesting, um, our conscience can become dulled and suppressed to the point that we lose our sense of right and wrong. We become deaf to the quiet voice of the Holy Spirit that warns us quietly to choose to obey and stay away from things and people that that are bad influences on us, that go against God's best for our, uh, for our life. And we suppress the truth by their wickedness. That's what Romans 1.18 says. I, it was. It's interesting. I read the other day in a forward to a book. D. A. Carson said this: "We live in an age of authenticity, in which individuals feel that they have the right to pursue and do whatever they want. That is what makes them, in their mind, authentic. Inevitably, this stance makes one suspicious of all voices of authority that seem to tug in any direction different." than what makes our lives authentic. In other words, what what D.A. Carson is saying here is that I have a right to live my life like I want, and I dare anybody to come up against me. This is what D.A. Carson says, and this is what dulls, what dulls the voice of the Holy Spirit. But uh, Carson continues, small wonder then that this is an age that gives little thought to the nature and functions of the conscience. More dangerously, conscience is malleable and changeable and is easily reshaped to conform in substantial member to the dictates of our age. We crush conscience in order to toss off what now appears to be the shackles of a bygone age. What he is saying here, uh, 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 this generation feels they have the right to live any way they want. And anybody that thinks differently, that there is truth, that there is right and wrong, is old-fashioned, is living in the dark ages. Billy Graham, on a lighter note, said this, Why did God give us a conscience? One reason is because he loves us. 
He doesn't want us to destroy our lives and the lives of others through our evil deeds. But he also gave it to us to show us our need for Christ. He alone can forgive our sins and change our hearts and then help us live the way we should. Don't give in to cynicism or despair in your job or family, but ask God to help you to point others to Christ's transforming power. This whole idea of refocusing our life, not on ourselves, but on others. And that is the key, really, to a clear conscience. How do we reconcile our conscience when it becomes damaged by sin? Yeah, and you know, God just doesn't want us to live with guilt and shame. That's the bottom line. He wants us to be free. He wants us to love life in spite of ourselves. Um, But until we come to the point where we admit to ourselves, uh, you know, and hopefully those that we've heard, that we've sinned and we've fallen short of God's best for us. And when we sin, the consequences vary. Guilt, evil thoughts do not go away by trying to pretend they didn't happen and just live a good life. And the thing is, we don't have to live and cover up stuff. Uh, God can redeem a violated conscience. Our consciences are cleansed when we bring it to God. Our failures, our miserable attempts to appease Him. Uh, you know, when we bring it to the foot of the cross, we we just confess to God. You know, God, I blew it. I I'm so sorry, because believing in the death and resurrection of Christ. Uh, brings about forgiveness of our sins and the cleansing of our conscience. I know it. Uh, God in Psalm 103, he promises to cast our sins away from us as far as the east is to the west. And this is the thing. How many people do we know that said, yeah, are you going to have it when you die? I don't know. I've done a lot of bad things. Well, this is what this this whole question is about when we have a clean conscience, we're free to pursue righteousness as we become the men and women God created us to be. It's simple. You know, we still commit a sense. Of course we do. But God in his grace always provides a way for us to have our consciences cleared. You know, and it's simple. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, God is not an ogre. Uh, God delights in us, in his transforming work in our lives. When we trust him, when we go to him, ask forgiveness, uh, accept that forgiveness, uh, you know, then we can enjoy life. Then we can love others well and walk with God in all of life. You know, with the forgiveness of sins, we can have that clear conscience, allowing us to experience the joy of living without that regret, without that guilt. We can live without wallowing in our past failures. And how many do this? Uh, We don't have to anymore. God has forgotten our sins. We need to. We need to learn from them and go on. And we're then we're free to embrace the way God has designed us to live, which is a life of a clear conscience, not a perfect life, but a life that says, I have sinned, God, forgive me, 
and we can pick up our stuff and continue to go. We do not have to carry our sins with us. Uh, in Psalm 118.24, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad in it. Let's rejoice and be glad in it. We cannot do that when we're pulling our junk behind us. We have to let it go. Let it go. God did. So we can pick up our, our, our love for God, our love for life. Uh, John 10.10, or John 10, 10, I have come that they might have have life and have it to the full. That is God's desire for us. And then Romans 8, 31, what then should we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? The world crashes down on us. And God says, I have come that you have had, that you might have life. You know, I am with you. That's all you need. We can do this together. In Jeremiah 29, 11, you know, which is a promise to Israel, but we see the heart of God in this for saying, look, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. Then you call on me, come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and, and you will find me. And when you seek me from all your heart, I will be found by you. This is God's promise to us. He doesn't want us walking in regret. He wants us with our heads up, understanding that we are forgiven by God's grace. If that doesn't give you joy, I don't know what would. (laughs) And then we can do what God's called us to do, to love each other, stop beating ourselves up. God doesn't. And, And if there's anything about a clear conscience, it's that. God does the impossible. We cannot do that on our own. But God has done it. We need to start believing God and get on with it. Yes, we do. We need to do that. And, you know, Nancy, it's funny because, uh, you know, I always find these connections when you speak about your question of the week uh, that you prepare and you bring to us. And then our scripture of the day, you know, we're talking about what is it that we are made for and it is service to one another. But when we have that clear conscience, that brings about the ability to truly serve to others uh, and for the Holy Spirit to work through us in our ministry to others. And that is such such another vital, important reason why a clear conscience is important for us all. This is a great question, Nancy. Thank you. Well, thank you. I I just so appreciated the question because uh, we don't think about it, but Mm-mm. at the core of us is our conscience. That's we're made in the image of God, so we have a sense of right and wrong, and and we know where that started, but. We do have control over it, and that's the thing. It's pick up your cross and follow me. You know, we can't do that unless we lay our stuff at the foot of the cross, and, and then life gets easier. It really does. Yeah. But I think it's one of, don't you think, Kelly, one of Satan's greatest lies to us is that we're not good enough. Uh, we have sinned. Mm-hmm. Uh, God's overlooked us. He's gone on to somebody nicer. <laughs> you know, it's the greatest lie because uh, uh, and Satan, Satan gets away with it, but not really because Scripture said, look, I love you. I yeah. died for you that you might have life. And that life can be lived out every single moment of every single day. So get rid of your junk, everybody, and, and let's start living. 
There you go. It's time for spring cleaning. Kick it on out of there. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Nancy, thank you again for this. And um, we'll chat again soon. Want to point all of you again, as Steve mentioned earlier, over to the anchorsaway.org website. You can get connected with Nancy there. Take a look at the curriculum. Learn how to get your young people signed up for biblical worldview classes and even yourself how to be a facilitator in teaching those classes. You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the Word to Life.